Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of maker moms and the life they lead. Each week I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new maker mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running freemanfurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at makermompodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello, welcome to episode nine of the Maker Mom podcast. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking with uh, Tiff or Tiffany from Staying Inside the Gray. She is a woodworker um, starting to work on welding as well, and she is a mom of a newly three-year-old. Today's episode is a little bit different. We don't spend time really talking about Tiffany's journey into making. We focus more on anxiety and depression and how making uh, kind of helps at least her and I work through that and how we think it can help others work through that. Also what's different today is you can listen as you may be doing right now via uh, how you listen to your podcasts. But if you go over to my YouTube channel, you will see the video recording as well of the podcast. So if you want to see kind of more of the personal interaction between Tiff and I during the interview, I suggest you go check it out on YouTube as well. All right, I will go ahead and let you get to it. Miss Tiff, why don't we uh, go ahead and just have you give a little introduction about yourself, you know? Who are you? Who are you, Tiff? <laughs> How long do you have? <laughs> um, my name's Tiff. Um, well, Tiffany, but my friends call me Tiff. Um, I'm a mama. I call myself a newbie woodworker because I've been doing it such a short time. Um, retired law enforcement officer. Um, trying to think what else. Wife. Mama. Still a mama. <laughs> um, yeah, I just maker, all kinds of things I like to dip my hands into uh, as far as creative outlets, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. You recently started experimenting with welding, right? Yeah, I did. That was like a dream of mine that I was like, I will do this one day. And I'm like, <laughs> why not now? <laughs> so uh, yeah, I love, love that. I, I can't wait to get my hands on some more opportunities for um, learning more. Cause I, I mean, I only scratched the surface, you know, just newbie welder, newbie woodworker. <laughs> like, uh, I feel like I'll always be a student, but I didn't get enough, you know, I didn't get enough. So yeah, I'll do some more, some more training somewhere down the line. That's awesome. Just enough to get myself into trouble right now. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where it starts, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you yes. get the you get the bug and then you got to figure out how to sustain it. Yeah. Well, and with every new creative outlet that I've had the experience of falling in love with comes new tools and equipment <laughs> and space and time and right now is not the best time to dig into buying all the new equipment and I don't have a lot of space cuz I've overtaken 
the garage with all my woodworking tools. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah but there. see, in California, I learned that garages are not meant for parking vehicles. No. Like ever. Like, well, at one time like, I could. I know it's like they become the rec room or the yeah. workshop or mm -hmm. whatever, but it's like never used for actually parking a vehicle inside it. Well, the funny thing is, when we were looking for a house, I had a bunch of what my husband calls artsy fartsy crap, mm -hmm. but what I call supplies, creative supplies, stained glass, paper, um, sewing, all the things I did before I started woodworking. And so we specifically bought a house that had space for me to have a place where it wasn't a bedroom or something right. for all that stuff to go. Um, it's a little one car garage. But when I started woodworking, <laughs> I kind of kicked him out of the two-car garage, that's not a two-car garage, but, um, and took over that too. So now I have both garages and he's kind of like, doesn't have any space for anything. And I need more room, you know, I'm like, I don't yeah. have enough room, you know, but yeah. really, yeah. 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 I feel like that we is... all just need a 60 by 60 shop, you know? Exactly. <laughs> I think somebody shared, um, oh, I'm trying to think who it was. Do you remember who it was like, was it all I want for Christmas or whatever is like an 80 by 120 shop. <laughs> if, if anyone's asking, here's my Christmas yeah, list. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yes. <laughs> I love, I love the fact that it was like a woman too, yes, you know, yeah. it was a girl who, shop, you know. Who was it? Yeah. That's going to drive me nuts. Um, was it Brandy? Was it Brandy? I don't think it was Brandy. Mm -hmm. No. Wait, was it Eternal Harvester? What's the username? Sorry, I'm blanking out. Yeah. Um, was it Oak and Feather? Might have been. I don't know. Okay. Anyways, uh, we digress. But <laughs> <laughs> well, the Instagram handle versus like the name of the person yeah. versus yeah. like who posted what. Yeah. It's a full-time job, right? It is. It is a full-time job. Um, okay. So, um, you know, I had you on previously before it was a podcast. Most likely, I will probably run that on the po podcast, that interview on the podcast um, sometime so people can get to know more about your background and everything. But I've really been kind of having something laying kind of heavy on my heart about wanting to talk about um, because I've had, you know, maker moms reach out to me or just other women in the maker community reach out to me. Um, whenever I've shared on, you know, issues with anxiety or past depression. And I really feel strongly that probably a lot of us in the community, not necessarily just women, but um, a lot of makers probably use making <laughs> as a form of therapy of working through anxiety and depression. And I really just wanted to talk more about that and you were the first person to come to mind to talk about that because I know you've also been kind of, you know, opening up more and sharing more on Instagram about um, some of your struggles with, with those two things, anxiety and depression. And so I just kind of wanted to have a dialogue today about, you know, maybe both a little bit both of like where we're coming from with it and how we do utilize making to help alleviate some of that yeah. stress. 
And I think when you reached out to me, I was like, yes, because <laughs> I really feel like the stigma surrounding it all is very, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 I'm trying to think of the word. It's disheartening because there's so many people struggling with something, you know, it doesn't necessarily yeah. have to be anxiety or depression, but the, the conversation around it seems so, um, you know, negative or heavy and it doesn't have to be that way. You know, like one of the things I've come to terms with the past few months, especially is like, we're all human, you know, we're all struggling with different things and we're all here to kind of help each other through life. But we don't want to talk about any of this stuff because it's, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's scary or it involves emotions or whatever. So I am grateful for the opportunity. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, a little nervous, but <laughs> I'm glad because there needs to be more talking about it. You know, that's what's going to normalize it and make it um, not okay, but you know, more accepted. And the more we talk about it, the more the fear around it dissipates. And that's huge yeah. because one of the things that I feel like a lot of the times is that it's just me and it's, there's no way it's just me. You know, when I put things out there, like you said, other people reach out and some of the things they say, it's just, it floors me because you get into this mindset of it's just me, but none of us are alone in any of the stuff we're struggling with, but you and don't I, know that until you put it out there. Right. Exactly. And I think I've seen that kind of, I guess, movement going especially through Instagram, because that's probably, you know, the social media venue that I interact with the most. And I've seen it kind of evolve from like, just sharing like the highlights of our life and highlights of our making to getting more real. And even if it's still the pictures, maybe this like beautiful, whatever, in the, you know, down in the um, caption is where they're like, okay, this is what I'm really going through right now. Yeah. And, and I think that speaks volume about the way social media is because you see the pictures and you think, oh, somebody's life is X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. Well, then when they get real in the caption, they're like, okay, everything's not as it seems like in everyone's, you know, pretty painted picture of life. It's not mm -hmm. always like that. And life's messy. That's right. <laughs> Making's messy. So they go pretty, you know, they go pretty hand in hand together. So just different. Yeah. Exactly. And I do kind of wonder, um, you know, part of the reason I started this whole podcast in a way, and for one reason is to encourage moms specifically to start making whatever mm -hmm. that making looks like. It doesn't have to be woodworking or welding or whatever. It can be whatever kind of creativity outlet, because especially as you know, you're also a mom of a little one, right? He's yeah. two. He just turned three a couple months ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And mine are, <laughs> yeah. And, and mine are, you know, five and going to be three in January. So it's like when you're a mom of littles, life is just crazy. Yeah. And you don't get to really connect with yourself at all. No. And it just can seem, at least to me, can seem very overwhelming. And so I feel like, to me, I started making again just to kind of reclaim space for myself. Mm -hmm. of like, this is just Katie. Like, yeah. nothing else. It's not about being a wife, a mom, uh, you know, any kind of other title you want to put on me. It's just about, like, creating and working with my hands and whatnot. So that's part of the reason I started the podcast. 
And I feel like that's another thing that doesn't necessarily get talked about a lot in the sense of like moms in general, but also, but specifically moms of little kids don't feel like they can say, you know what? Being a mom sucks sometimes. Like it's hard. (laughs) It's hard. And it downright (laughs) sucks sometimes, you know, it's like, yes, they're cute and adorable. We love them to death and we would die for them, Mm -hmm. but it's hard. You know, <laughs> and nobody, struggle. and it's not, it's like, it's not kosher to talk about that, right? Right. It's not kosher to be like, because we should I be grateful. Like my five-year-old right now. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know? That's not something that's acceptable to be talked about right now in yeah. culture, I don't think. Well, and I think I've struggled with that in the past because I, I, um, one of the struggles I've had in life is some infertility issues. And on the really hard days, I have to remember how hard it was for us to get to the point where we have a three-year-old. But I also know that as a mom, you, as soon as you, well, for me, I can't say for you. um, As soon as I found out I was pregnant, my life changed, you know, and everything became about my kiddo, everything, you know, everything I ate, you know, everything I, you know, I couldn't drink coffee as much as I normally, you know, you give up a huge part of yourself. And I I understand completely what you're saying about making kind of reclaiming your identity in in a sense, allowing the space for you to kind of fill up your bucket so that you can go back to being (laughs) not a failure as a mom, (laughs) like, you know, pulling your hair out and, you know, when my husband goes to work and then comes home, he's like, well, what did you do today? I'm like, well, sit down. I'll tell you for two hours, you know, and, and it doesn't seem like much, but when you stop and think about it, you know, I actually recently posted about this, like, Hey, you, I see you there. You know, the mom that thinks your to-do list didn't get done. It did. I promise, you know, like it might not have been what you had planned, but you kissed owies, you fixed toys, you, you know, cleaned up messes, you changed diapers, you fed a kid, you kept a kid alive, you didn't burn the house down, you know, like you, you got him or her there safely. You took him to the park, all the things we do that we just do on auto mode that we don't realize, well, that's why we're exhausted. You know, like Mm -hmm. that's why we're stressed. That's why we're, you know, we're giving up so much of ourselves to make sure that they have everything that they need a lot of times putting our needs aside for that, which I think as moms, we do just, that's just like in our DNA, you know, like that's what we do. And it becomes like so normal. There's almost like a maladaption, like I'm not doing enough, but I'm doing everything I can. And then the thought of mom guilt snakes in and you're like, Oh my God, I didn't do X, Y, or Z. And what if I'm ruining my kid forever? And you know, (laughs) Oh my God, I took his tablet away five minutes before, you know, it's like all the things you worry about as a mom, whether they're safe at school these days, you know, like everything, there's so many things. And I think that being a mom, you cannot have, you can't not have like an increased level of anxiety period. Like you just can't. There can't be, unless you're like a complete, you know, sociopath or whatever, and you aren't (laughs) capable of that, you know, like aside from that, I feel like just as a mom, once your kid enters this earth, like your anxiety automatically, it's like biological, you know? So I think making is huge for allowing that space to just reconnect with yourself and, you know, what, what are, who are you outside of being a mom? Mm-hmm. You know, who are you outside of being whatever you do for work? You know, like who are you? I don't know. Yep. The journey back to yourself, essentially. 
yeah, kind of exactly. how I see it. Exactly. And yeah, and like you, I also had infertility issues, mm-hmm. um, getting pregnant both times. And, um, you know, and, and my, my son, I call him my miracle baby, because even once I, it took, he was try number 10. And even once I got pregnant, um, you know, the doctors had told me, well, expect to miscarry, like, The same exact thing thing happened to us. So I'm like you. I just actually had that thought go through my head the other day of like remembering, you know, when it was kind of like we were finally kind of in the safe zone and just feeling so relieved of like, okay, we finally did it. And being so joyous about that from like now wanting to throttle him because he's like, (laughs) because he's back talking me, you know, (laughs) or something like that. But, like, I had that thought just the other day of, like, okay, remember, like, you wanted this so bad. The um, biggest want you ever yeah. wanted in your life. And you got it. <laughs> you got you it. You got everything. You know? <laughs> so trying to get perspective. Yes. Um, yes. For sure. But, yes, and just like you, um, because there were kind of, I don't want to say complications, but, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. super smooth sailing right. for um, either one of my pregnancies, like, the whole time was – total anxiety and like all about food and what I can't eat and can't eat. And yeah, (laughs) so it was, it was the exact same thing. It was all about my kids as soon Mm -hmm. as, and, you know, and honestly, just like with, you know, my second, we wanted more children. It was Mm -hmm. a huge want. Um, And it didn't take as long to get pregnant with her, but even, you know, once, I remember once I got pregnant with her, I had mixed emotions. I was both excited and thrilled, but I was also in the thralls of a very somewhat challenging um, Mm two-year-old at the time. And really, I struggled a lot through the pregnancy of just like, can I do this? Can I handle two kids? Mm -hmm. I didn't, (laughs) you know, honestly, I didn't think that I could. And so that also was amped up and then of course bringing the you know newborn into the house and having to live out that two Mm -hmm. kids was terrifying excitement yeah yeah exactly (laughs) you know and and wanting to be like well I still need to be there obviously for my oldest Mm -hmm. Um, still needs a lot of things at that age as you know with years at that age and and you know but then having this infant that you know um, like connected sucks to the, the life out of you. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, sucks the life out of you yeah. nonstop. Literally. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. I totally know what you mean. And first of all, anyone with more than one is like my absolute hero because as I was like in a verbal argument with my three-year-old last night, losing, you know, I can attest to like if I had to do this like four times a day with like different kids, you know, some of the moms out there, like you know, I can think of a few that have like. I know. Three or four. I'm just like, you're my hero. Like you are a true superhero in my book because one is one is one is hard, mm-hmm. you know. And I can't imagine one is great, one is beautiful, but one is hard. <laughs> yes. You know. <laughs> yep. I'm I'm with you. I'm kind of like yeah. Anybody who's like two or more kids and seems to manage it better than <laughs> than I do. I'm like, whoa. <clears throat> Excuse me. You are definitely my hero as well. Um, my doula that I had for when I was pregnant with my 
my youngest, she had triplets. Oh. And, I mean, so some days I will do that. Like when yep. it like, seems crazy, I'll be like, but I'm not her. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm dealing with three of them at the same age doing the same things. <laughs> I had a partner who had triplets. And I was like, once I had my son, I was like, dude, how did you feed them? <laughs> like, how did you change? Like, yeah. I, it was just mind boggling to me yeah. how they survived that. And like, now I understood, you know, after I had my kid and yeah. like went through the first three months as a zombie, yeah. um, I was like, now I see why he's so tired all the time. You know, like <laughs> it all makes sense now, yeah, exactly. <laughs> humans. you know, and of course they came with complications yes. and everything. I'm like, how did you feed them? Because like my son is nonstop eating. Like, how did you, how did your wife do that three times? You know, I'm just like, wow. Like, real life. And that's the thing. It's all about perspective for me. And when I get into like last night is a perfect example, losing that argument. And like, I'm like, I'm the adult here. <laughs> you know, Like I should be winning this argument. I have skills to teach me how to win an argument out in the field. You know, like I should be winning this argument. And I'm not, I just have to like, try to change my perspective. And you know, we're tired, we're stressed, we're exhausted, we're anxious, we're all these things. And like, at the end of the day, it's a beautiful thing being a mom, but it's also the hardest freaking thing I have ever done in my life. You Absolutely. know, and I think if we're all honest, that's, <laughs> that would be what we all say. You know what I mean? It's that's the most what I always thing. tell somebody who's like, you know, talking about wanting to have kids or not sure if they want to have kids. Usually I say to them, it is the hardest job you will ever have you will receive probably little recognition for everything that you do, but it is the best job in the entire world. Like, it is. And I would know? not change. No. Despite how many freaking verbal arguments I get into a day <laughs> or, you know, the temper tantrums or the things flying across the room, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. And I honestly feel like it will be the greatest thing I've ever done. You know what I mean? Like if I look back when I'm 80, that will be the highlight of my life will be being a mom, you know? And I always wanted it. I always envisioned it, but absolutely nothing can prepare you for it until you're like in the throes of it. That's that's it. Like people can tell you, you can read all the books because I was that mom. Oh, let me be the perfect mom. And I had all these expectations of myself and I'll never do X, Y, and Z as a mom. No. When my kid was born, I was like, whatever gets us through the freaking day. If we're safe, we're ethical and like we're humane, like whatever gets us through the day, That's right. you know? So I, I have had this, I don't know if you've had this happen to you, but everything that I ever like judged a mom on out in public for something with her child, I have been in that same <laughs> position now <laughs> and go, mom out there, whoever you are, I apologize. I'm so yes. I'm sorry. You know I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, I will tell you this, when I'm like in a store or something and I see a, you know, I hear a kid like, you know, in the throes of a temper tantrum or something, I just like, I like send out a little bit of love to that mom because I'm just yeah. like, I've been there, girlfriend, you know, like yeah. I know what you're going through and I am not judging you. I am like cheering you on and like, you got this, you know, and I just, oh, I just, it's just one of those things, you know, mm-hmm. we'll all get through it. It's just a matter of whether or not we'll have our hair at the end of the day. <laughs> intermaking you know like (laughs) yes that's right um I guess so okay so outside of stresses of kids which I'm sure we could you know talk on (laughs) for a while um (laughs) um and I know 
you said you've been woodworking two years, three years? Not quite two years. Yeah. Um, I want to say like around February, April, like that in my brain, okay. that kind of time is around my like time that I've tried to start playing or that I would like officially say I tried. Um, yeah. So not quite two years. Was there a specific reason? Cause I know, you know, like you said, you did like stained glass and, and other creative stuff creating. Um, was there a reason you went toward woodworking specifically? Yeah, so um, I mean, you probably are all in the know, but um, I was a police officer and I got in a really, really, really bad fight at work, like life-changing two minutes. Um, when I survived that and got home and was kind of trying to like sort of pick up the pieces, um, I had some injuries that I couldn't do a lot of um, the things I wanted to do or that I historically had done, you know, like, uh, for example, like go lift weights. I, I wasn't able to to do those things, um, which actually is kind of a blessing in disguise. But, um, you know, I was really just trying to pick up the pieces. Um, what I have learned about myself in my creative adventures through my life is during different times in my life, I will reach for different creative outlets. So um, there's a reason that I do stained glass. There's a reason that I knit. There's a reason that I paint. You know, there's a reason that I sew. And um, I might not be able to say a specific, like, cause that made me want to start doing that, but I can go back to when I am in need of a certain calm, I will paint. When I'm in need of a certain, like, grounding, I will um, woodwork, you know, it's kind of like a toolbox for me um, <laughs> in a creative way where I can reach for those different skills or outlets and they do different things for me. So it's almost like, um, aside from tools, but like medicine, you know, mm -hmm. like I need extra grounding today. Okay, well, let me reach for this tool, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so woodworking really came about for me. Nothing that I had been doing before was helping me through recovering from this fight. The injuries I had, um, the, the mental and emotional, psychological state I was in at the time. I was dealing with PTSD symptoms. I was dealing with way increased anxiety, panic attacks, um, and just in a, a ton of fear because I had no idea what was coming. Um, I had no idea what recovery looked like for me if I was going to be able to recover or if this was my new norm, like for life, I had no idea. And originally after the fight, I was looking for a way to sort of looking back, I can see it as like regain control because I had none, you know, I wasn't able to go to work. I had a brain injury. I had all these psychological issues coming from the fight. Um, it felt like at the time my life was spinning out of control you know, I was a relatively new mom. My kid wasn't even a year old at the time. Um, and it just, it was just so scary. And I remember thinking like, I don't have control over anything. Um, and there's a joke, well, not a joke, but it's well known that people who are good law enforcement officers are often type A personalities and are kind of like borderline control freaks. Um, and that, that serves very well in an, in an environment like that because you have to come in, take control of the situation and have command presence and make people do things just by your mere presence and what you represent um, and make them think it's their idea and like it's a successful, like a way to survive, you know? So here I was, I had 
all these fears, all this anxiety, all these symptoms. I had never dealt with PTSD stuff before. I just didn't know. Like my life felt like it was unraveling. And I originally started cooking. Um, like a few months after the fight, I started cooking because I could control what I was, you know, I could see, I could control, I could ground, I could, and then I was like feeding my soul, like literally. Um, but soon after that wasn't working for me anymore. And I tried painting, I tried stained glass, I tried all the things that I had used before and it just wasn't working. Um, and at the time I had a really good, one of my buddies, um, we go way back. He's like a brother, um, was doing some woodworking and he had an Instagram page and I was following him and he was making, you know, like the cutting boards and, you know, the typical like path of a woodworker just starting. And my sister actually made a kitchen table for her house. And I watched both of them and I was like, wait a second, this is kind of cool. And it was something I had never tried before. I knew nothing about it. Um, and I wasn't in a physical space where I was uh, able to go out into the garage and like start working on power tools or anything. Um, so I just started asking questions and my buddy sent me a bunch of articles and YouTube videos. And I'm like, how did you do this? And what made you want to start? You know, I was just intrigued by it. And within a few months I was like, well, let me just try to glue something together. I like glue the clamps to the work, you know, <laughs> It wasn't natural for me and historically like creative stuff has been and so I found it very challenging and what I noticed right away when I started kind of trying to like play around with woodworking is that it kept me right here right now and that's what I needed. I needed to be right here right now, not in the past of my fight, not having the flashbacks of my fight, not having the adrenaline rushes from the flashbacks of my fight. I needed to be right here right now. I needed to have something that took all my senses and incorporated it into me doing something with my hands where I had something finished at the end of the day or maybe like partially finished because, you know, mom life. Mm -hmm. um, and that worked for me. It just, it just worked. And it was like the perfect medicine for me at the perfect time, the way that it all kind of just played out. And I remember looking around Instagram when I was first – um, interested because my buddy was like, Oh, you should follow so and so, and this person's a really good worker, and this person over here is a cop who does it on the side, you know, and like check out, you know, this page. And he was just really supportive of me. And I started seeing like space for women, and I was like, I didn't expect that at all. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, once I started posting my stuff, I never posted myself because I'm like, There isn't space for me here, you know, that's what I felt like. That, and I was wrong, I was so wrong, I was really shocked by that. So my fight led me to woodworking um, in a roundabout way, really long answer, sorry. Um, because <laughs> no. it, was just, it was just what I needed at the time to deal with everything that I was dealing with. And once I got, once I got that relief, you know, there was no way I could envision that suspect punching me in the face a bunch of times when I had to pay attention to making a cut on a miter saw. You know, I right. had to, yeah. especially like as a newbie, I needed to like focus on what I was doing and I could smell the wood. I could hear the tools. I could, you know, it, it just was like the perfect medicine for me at that time. And it was just what I needed in that medicine cabinet or toolbox for me to reach for and help me stay present because I didn't know how to do that at the time. I was just 
dealing with flashbacks out of nowhere, a trigger would come and I would be right back in that fight, like in a second. And it could be like something my husband said or something I heard, you know, it was just, I didn't know what was going to take me back there. And woodworking kind of helped me learn how to um, like, not understand how that worked, but like remind me of what life was like before the fight, like kind of brought that balance back into my life at the time, um, which I was completely lacking. So it was very therapeutic for me. And I find it very interesting. I'm not surprised whatsoever the longer I'm away from law enforcement, how many first responders and veterans and military personnel reach for woodworking to help them have that space to deal with things that those jobs come with. Like mm -hmm. if you look around, you know, Instagram, there's a ton of first responders. There's a ton of veterans who some of them have had some of the worst experiences you can ever imagine in their jobs. And woodworking is a way for them to come back to right now, you know, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what it was for me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. It was just a way to get back to, I won't say being okay, but reminding me that I'm right here, that I'm not back in that trauma or experience or whatever. Um, it kept me present. And, and I really like, I don't think I've ever heard it explained like that, but I totally, um, totally get that because I think that's what it <clears throat> does for me too I mean you're right a you're working with power tools right so that you have to keep present yeah because um, you don't want to lose an appendage mm -hmm. or get injured in any way <clears throat> I don't <laughs> no so um that definitely keeps you focused on the now and I think you know one thing too for me at least personally is that specifically wood I feel like it grounds me in nature in yes. some way like I feel connected mm -hmm. with like a bigger whole you know yeah. than just more than just myself. you yeah yes. more than just I me. totally relate to that <clears throat> and you know I've heard the whole like anxiety defined as worrying about the future and depression defined as worrying about the past and that to me is where there wasn't space for that in the, in the wood, you know, in the wood mm -hmm. shop, that's my garage. But you know, when I was doing that, there wasn't space for that because I had to follow a plan. You know, I had to measure, I had mm -hmm. to, and aside from like the psychological components of it, my brain was injured. Mm -hmm. So I was having to relearn a lot of things or not, maybe not relearn, but sort of circum circumnavigate gate is that the right word sorry um Circumvent. Mm -hmm. I, know <laughs> I had I had glitches in my brain mm -hmm. that I had to like learn to work around or learn how to rework because the best way to explain what happened to my brain is the neurologist said it's basically like you have a room full of a computer with all these cables and wires plugged in and you let a monkey just go crazy in there and they're like you know everything's unplugged and gets put back together and so there was different you know i was putting laundry in the trash you know like okay. yeah. those kinds of things where it's like my brain didn't understand why there was something wrong with that 
So being in the shop and cooking, you know, when I first started trying to figure out what to do next, those like easy measure 25 inches, like I could do that. And I felt like a success where when I was forgetting words or not understanding why, you know, I'm standing at the trash, scratching my head going, why is there laundry in the trash? I don't understand what's wrong with this picture. Mm-hmm. When like, you know, five days before I was just normal, my normal, it was a new normal that I had to sort of like navigate around. And so woodworking allowed me to feel successful when it came to my brain because I was missing things that I wasn't used to missing. The wires were crisscrossed that I weren't used to having. I wasn't used to having those wires, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> they went this way instead of that way. And I felt successful when I was able to, you know, something silly like measure 25 inches and make that cut. I was like, okay, I did it. You know, it was like gaining confidence back in, yeah. in my mental abilities aside from dealing with the, you know, PTSD component of it. Mm-hmm. It allowed me to feel like I was more normal than I felt outside of the shop. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. No, I, I mean, it totally makes sense. And I think now this is totally opinion, no, you know, fact-based <laughs> research coming from me right here or anything, but I really feel like, you know, as, as human beings, we spent what thousands of years doing physical labor, mm-hmm. right? That's what our bodies are designed to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, is to do that practice. Um, and now I would say, you know, a good portion of the world does their work via computer yeah. is very like sedentary. Um, and so I think, and then with social media, there's great things about it, being able to connect with people, you know, that don't live directly by you. But I think we've grown so much more solitary in life. And so, you know, it's no longer like plowing the fields with all of your neighbors at the right. same time. Like, <clears throat> yeah, you know, there's not this community around working with your hands and right. um, physical labor. And so I think personally, I think that's part of the reason for an uptick in things like anxiety and depression, because we're not designed (laughs) to just be solitary beings and to not be physical. So, you know, I do know there's studies behind like working out is supposed to help Mm -hmm. with anxiety and depression because you're moving. But that's where I think it's like, to me, making is that also. Like yes. you are physically moving, mm-hmm. um, you're engaging your brain at the same time, you know, you're basically doing it all together. And I, and I think a lot of times people are still making solo. They're not necessarily doing it with a group of people. Right. But um, that's where I think then we start to see the benefits of social media because right. by making and sharing it out, you are getting interaction. Yes. With and people. I think, you bring up a very good point because like I said, I couldn't do the things I was used to doing. You know, I was used to running. I was used to going to the, not, not regularly, but going to the gym. I was used to doing yoga. I couldn't do those things because when I sat still in a yoga class, all I could think about was like fighting for my life. Mm -hmm. And that's 
that's like the complete opposite of being conducive to being in a yoga class. And so none of the things that I had in my tool chest were working. And I think you bring up a great point because when I started getting brave enough to post what I was working on, even if it was just something super basic for me, behind the scenes, it had taken so much for me to be able to have that come to fruition. I was terrified um, to put it out there. Um, and here I made this like public Instagram that, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Jane nobody in the world of Instagram. And then I start sharing. And I, I remember like the first time I put something up and I was like, Oh my gosh, like, what are people going to think? You know? And I just got like positivity back. I just got like, keep it up. I just got encouragement. And at the time in my life where I didn't know if I was returning to my job, I was scared about everything. I was dealing with flashbacks. I was missing that. And to be honest, my circle had kind of dissolved because most of the people that cops hang out with are other first responders. And all of a sudden that was not a safe place for me anymore. You know, it was, um, it was actually like more dangerous in my brain because that's where, you know, that's where the pain and injuries and, you know, that's the scary stuff. Um, and I had never had that before. So my circle of friends were all cops, you know, like still in the business. And I was kind of a representation of what could happen to them every time they suited up. So I was kind of like, they didn't know what to do with me. And so all of a sudden I have this upside down life with no place to like fit and enter Instagram community where everyone's like, Oh, it's you Tiff. Come on in. You know, like, yeah, good job. And all of a sudden, the more I kind of got brave enough to stick my work out there, the more I got brave enough to kind of like share what was going on, the more I got brave enough to kind of start to throw out little pieces of like my story, the more I got my people, like my tribe, and the more I found people that are really like family, at like the worst time of my life when I needed them the most, there they are because I all of a sudden am brave enough to throw myself out there and like be terrified in doing it every single time. Mm-hmm. Every single time when, you know, posted something last week, I was like, Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> it's like, I get nothing but the good stuff coming back. And I think that's what, what has helped me the most through this entire situation is the community. The fact that woodworking, you know, that I found it <laughs> like, or it found me, I'm not sure which, like the paths that have crossed because of it and just learning through like fear and trial and error that talking about what you're going through, there's nothing negative that can come from that. Mm -hmm. It's the scariest thing, but like nothing negative can come. Um, You're only going to benefit because there's going to be someone that says me too, or that post yesterday that you posted was just what I needed to hear. Or like you, the whole like, um, you know, here's the, the, the thought behind the picture. The picture isn't what it seems with, mm-hmm. you know, with regards to your day job versus like woodworking. You know, those are the kinds of things that have helped me through this life-changing two minutes of my life. Like the two minutes, like literally change every component of my life, every component, not one space in my life was not touched by that two minutes. And the medicine has come from the community the woodworking and like the support that unexpectedly came with those things. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I was brave enough to sort of say, this is where I am and it sucks and it's hard 
and I'm scared and, 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 and. Yeah. Yeah. And then someone else to be like, Hey, I'm Katie. Me too. Mm -hmm. You know, or Hey, you know, Mm -hmm. somebody just this past week who is in law enforcement told me that they were turning in their gun and badge because they realized how much that job is taking a toll on their life. And they're going in a different, completely different path. And they actually told me, your story helped me come to that realization that this is not okay for my mental health. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, holy crap. Like how courageous for somebody to voluntarily give up all that. Cause you work hard to get in that. You work hard right. to get in that field. Yep. You work hard to get in the field, but stay in the field. You work hard to come home alive every day. And for someone to realize through their experiences, what, negative impact that's having on their life and to decide to change their path to be a happier, healthier person Mm -hmm. for me just to have like, like a grain of sand of an amount of participation in that. I'm like, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, Holy crap. I would have never imagined by saying this is who I am. This is what I've been through. This is what I'm struggling with the amount of impact that that would have on other people in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's what makes it sort of all worth putting it out there and being scared and having gone through the experience. Like I would never wish what happened to me on anyone, but the positive out of it is that I am alive today and I can say, this is what I've been through. And for example, that p- particular person, it helps them. Mm-hmm. And now hopefully they will have a healthier, healthier, happier life and not have to worry about coming home safe every day to their family. And their marriage will be like, you know, a healthier marriage and all the right. things that come with it. You know, I would have never imagined that me saying in a vulnerable and scary, authentic way, this is who I am, this is what's going on, would have had those kinds of positive impacts, you know, from such a crappy situation. And it's amazing when it happens. I'm just like so humbled and floored. Like literally I was like, holy crap, you know, like I can't believe that my little story, you know, in the grand scheme of the world could have had one ounce of assistance in someone coming to that conclusion for their life to make such a drastic major life change for the better. You know, Mm -hmm. just never would have imagined it. It's crazy. It is crazy. (laughs) And I never would have imagined gaining the friends and family that I've gained through Instagram. Um, That's like, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have you guys. Honestly, I don't. I don't know where I would be if I didn't, if I hadn't found woodworking, if I hadn't found the friends that have come with it, I don't know where I would be. I honestly don't know where I'd be in life. It is, it's a pretty awesome community for sure Mm -hmm. on Instagram, especially, yeah. Is there um, other social media besides Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> there is. I was actually I was kind of I was kind of thinking about that when I was talking about how people have been getting more real with their posts on Instagram and it's I, I don't know if I want to say ironic, but a bit ironic to me that it's owned by Facebook, which I feel is like The complete opposite. (laughs) The complete opposite. Like, I pretty much, you know, I spend extreme little amount of time on on Facebook anymore. I mean, there's 
several reasons for that. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it is a little bit like that's where everybody posts like the best of the best that's going mm -hmm. on in their life. And I know people personally who, because of that, like, and especially if they're in kind of that, you know, in a depression episode and they're looking at that, all that does is fuel that right. negativity fire in their own head. Like mm -hmm. everybody else is doing fantastic What the, you know, F is wrong with me because right. I can't get out of this or whatever. Um, so I really have appreciated that people have been more real on Instagram and like you, I'm like fearful every time I do it. Mm -hmm. um, to be honest, like it's probably only been, I don't know, maybe the last six months that I've actually really, you know, been honest with everything. And, and I don't want to say like I lied before on it because right. I didn't. I just didn't really share myself. Uh -huh. Um and it actually, it actually took the prodding of my therapist to be like, basically be like, what are you so afraid of? Yeah. Like, what are you so afraid of? And be, and telling me basically kind of what you just said of like, maybe somebody out there actually needs you to be brave so yeah. they can be brave. Because they know? can't right now. Yeah, because yeah. they can't right now. And, and that's so, another, yeah, that's been another yeah. byproduct of it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for, thank you for putting into words what I'm too afraid to be able to right you know and here's the funny thing when people say like oh thank you so much for that post i'm like you realize i was talking to myself right like <laughs> not to be rude, but like that wasn't for you that was for me to read tomorrow you know <laughs> you know a lot of it is and that's the funny thing when i look back over some of those vulnerable posts you know there's the ones that was like oh look at this you know whatever which are cool i like those too but when i look back sometimes I tend to look back on the days that are really, really hard. Mm -hmm. And I go back and I read the vulnerable post and I think, holy crap, I wrote that or I said that. And then I go and I read the comments and usually on a really, 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 really crappy hard day, even today, something six months ago that I posted, when I go and read the comments and I see people's reactions and I see the vulnerabilities that they are now okay with sharing or that they are brave enough now to do stories when they weren't before or, or, or it really just, even though at the time I posted or talked about what was going on that day later, it helps just as much to go back. There's been multiple times in the past few months where I've gone back and looked and I've just been in tears reading just the comments that people have written because it was a really hard day. And they helped me six months later mm -hmm. just by going back and remembering the support I had then. And I realized like, okay, it's not that bad. You know, like there are people that care. There are people that can relate. There's people that understand, you know, there's a lot of, I'm making a difference in a way, you know, because there's been a lot of loss and grief around losing a dream job. That's been, what I've worked for my entire life. And there's been the doubt of like, can I still help people? Cause there are reasons people get into law enforcement, but that's always been mine. Like to help the person that can't help themselves. That was always my goal, you know, to be that, not that hero, but like that shining light in the dark, you know? And then all of a sudden just to have that taken away. Um, 
like involuntarily <laughs> in a way. Um, there's just a lot of grief and loss around that identity and that goal and that dream of like being smashed, you know, mm-hmm. and there's good things that have come with it. You know, like I came home, not everybody gets to do that after experiencing what I went through. And it just, I don't know. I have to try to take those negative situations and experiences and for myself in order to have them be okay, I need to try to find ways to have them help myself, like help me or other people. There has to be good that comes from them for me to have lived through that and experienced that suffering. And if I can take those situations and help somebody avoid going through something or help someone who is going through something be, feel better or help them through it, then it was worth going through that myself, you know? And mm-hmm. yeah, the impact is just, the impact of the community is huge. And something somebody said six months ago could help me tomorrow, like make it through tomorrow, you know? It's, and I definitely kind of resonate with what you said too about like, oh, I was like writing that for myself. Um, Because not necessarily maybe Instagram life, but just real life, I have found, you know, some of the harder pain points in my life like I find it therapeutic for myself to work through it by sharing you know Mm -hmm. with a large group of people um like so for example when I was in college I was sexually assaulted and uh, in order to kind of work through that you know I talked with my um one of my professors that taught a class that, you know, during that class time, we sexual assault was part of like the curriculum. Mm -hmm. And I talked to her and I said, I would really like to come and share my story with your classes. Mm -hmm. And I did that for several semesters and it was hard as crap (laughs) to do every single time, you know, and I was like an emotional wreck the rest of the day and the day Mm -hmm. after. Um, But just the few instances of people coming up to me after the class or, you know, finding me and contacting me after those classes and being like, you know, that happened to me too. And just you sharing your story. Thank you. Like, Mm -hmm. I needed to know I wasn't alone. Like, I'm not the only one that this happened to. Yes. Um, You know, so even then, I think that really taught me then that if you can take something really crappy <laughs> that happens to you and turn it to use it to help somebody else uh-huh. like then it's almost kind of worth it almost yeah exactly <laughs> it's like it's not but it but it yeah. is you yeah. know um and it doesn't mean like you necessarily could stop it happening from somebody else no. but if it does you know mm-hmm. maybe like that one memory of like I'm not alone is enough to like help them get through the dark times. Mm -hmm. And I, and I do think that that uh, is is not, it's not something small. I think that's big and that's how we impact the world. Yes. That's huge. And if it's cathartic for you to speak to a class or me to post to a bunch of strangers on Instagram, Mm -hmm. like get that off my chest. It's, cathartic in that way but then when it comes back 
and somebody does come up to you and say like you helped me get through x y or z or right. i i decided because of your story or you helped me be more empathetic to a friend or not judge a mom at the store or like whatever <laughs> you know like any of those things and then it's like okay here's here's a negative situation where you as a person are positively impacting the world despite the negative situation because like I said, without the Instagram community or without woodworking, I don't know where I would be. I could be like a miserable drunk person right now, like, but I'm not, you know, or, or you know, I could have done right. all kinds of things. I don't want to drive myself crazy thinking about those things, but there are plenty of people who don't have those tools, who don't have those components. And I, I do think that's why like suicide is such a, you know, it's such a, it's becoming more and more mainstream, which is scary mm -hmm. and sad. Like that's our future that we're, like it's destroying, you know, mm -hmm. essentially. Um, and it's, you know, I, I just, I don't know. I just can't imagine again, law enforcement and veterans, you know, like the people that are taking their own lives because they don't have someone saying, this is my story and here's how my life is different. And, and they have that connection of not being the only one. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Cause I don't know. I just feel like shining light on the dark is, what makes the dark go away, you know, and shining a light on the scary takes the fear out of it, mm -hmm. you know, and it's scary as hell to shine that light. It is. It's really scary, especially when it's you, you know, especially when you're like, here's my crap, you know, <laughs> I'm going to share it with you. But if that keeps someone from, I'm getting goosebumps, like thinking about it because I just, I don't know. I just, it, it makes me sad to think there are people that don't have those outlets or resources or don't hear your story or mine and decide that the worst option is the best option or their only option. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it just, oh. and that's what makes me want to do it more. You know, like yeah. <laughs> there's that hero complex or whatever <laughs> from being in law enforcement. It's like, if I could just save one person or one more person or, you know, and it's not me. It's, it's just that, I don't know. It's just, trying to take the negative and make it into something that's positive for the greater good, you know? And I know there's people, you know, I don't have a bazillion followers and that's not why I'm on Instagram. And I know there's people who are turned off by the fact that I choose to talk about the hard things, but I talk about the hard things so that the hard things aren't so hard anymore for yeah. my, for me and for other people. And I will continue to talk about the hard things and I would much rather talk about the hard things and get the responses I'm getting than have a brand sponsor me or whatever, you know, all yeah. that stuff. Because at the end of the day, it's about life and it's not about followers or money or brands, you know, all that stuff. I, I honestly, would I be sad if a brand? No, but I don't, that's not why, that's not what Instagram and the woodworking community and the making community is for me. That's mm -hmm. not, you know, I'll, I'll be fine with 15, 1900 followers for the rest of my life. If right. <laughs> I get to make those relationships and those, you know, conversations are happening. And, um, as long as it's that outlet for me, you know, I'm not worried about the logarithm or any of that stuff. I want to make a difference and I want my story to help. That's it. You know? Um, so I'll keep doing it as long as I keep having a story to share. And as long as I keep just helping one person, it's totally worth that fear, that vulnerability, that like unpopularity, whatever, you know, it's, it's worth it to me. Yep. Um, at the end of the day, I'm being authentic to myself and that's what 
I have not always done. And that's what I refuse to not do anymore. Yep. So that's what, that's what it's all about for me. It's just staying true to me. And if I could just make a difference, not on the street anymore, then that's what I want to do. And I would, I would, I would be willing to bet money that, and you might not agree with me, but I might, I'd be willing to bet money that you could potentially make more of a difference now, not being on the street, but sharing I, via Instagram because there's potential to reach people you would have never been able to reach. And that's what I'm learning. Mm -hmm. If I can help someone in freaking Europe, mm -hmm. If I can bring sunshine to their day, I would have never been able to do that. And I, I mean, to be honest, it's a different, completely different platform. But in law enforcement, there's times I wanted to help and like I, I legally and physically and like I ethically couldn't. You know, if, if there was an opportunity that I could, by all means, I took those opportunities. You know, I can think of multiple calls where I made a difference to someone by doing all that I could. Mm -hmm. And so my hands were tied a lot of times, you know, I, you know, I couldn't always do what I wanted to do. Um, and, you know, the whole sneaky shop shenanigans thing was a huge component of me helping people in that way. Um, before I was afraid to tell my story, that was me kind of bringing sunshine to people. Um, sometimes they needed it and I didn't even know. And other times I needed it more than they did you know and I don't know that just was another tool for me um and I, I get sad because it was like my thing but I haven't been able to do as much as I like to do but um I'd like to think that there's been the inspiration for other people to kind of continue to do it while I can't mm -hmm. um but that was also a huge um realization I, I was lacking like I said that circle of friends kind of dissipated and um, I, I kind of find my found myself in a place where I felt very alone and so by doing those little kind acts or whatever you want to call them um, it kind of helped me let other people know that they were not alone when I was like at the really 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 low alone time myself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and one of my friends actually was like you're doing them so, so much. Like, how do you keep doing that? And I was like, here's a little, here's a little sneak, like behind the scenes. When you see me doing them a lot, that's when I'm lacking that in my own life. And so like when I was sending a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of sunshine everywhere is because that was like not having that for my own life. Mm -hmm. And it always amazed me that by doing those little acts and sending, you know, a t-shirt and a sticker, what a difference it could make to someone on a really crappy day. Mm -hmm. And then when those things started coming back to me, it was always days. I would go to the post office and be like, I'm having the crappiest day and, blah, 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 and this and that and the other. And there would be something small, just a, you know, a bag of coffee or like whatever, you know? And I was like, Oh, people do care. Like there's still people out there that care and they might not be like my circle of friends that I had two and a half years ago, but mm -hmm. there's still people out there that I make a difference and I mean something too. And that just, that's another way of the connection happening that, um, you know, when it feels like your world's falling apart and you get, you know, 
Mm-hmm. A, a sticker from Katie, you know, it's like the silliest thing, but it's the, it's the biggest thing, you know, like it, it means a ton on those really crappy days. And just like the comments and posts that I go back and look at on the really hard days, I will look through my sticker collection or, you know, my t-shirts or whatever and be like, oh yeah, like <laughs> I remember when, you know, this, that, or the other, and the note that came with um, this gift or, you know, whatever. And, and just having those, I guess what I'm trying to say in, in all that, and, and that's what I, I missed earlier is um, it's not just, it's done. Like you put it out there and it's done. It is like that ripple effect. You know, somebody sent me something two years ago, I can read it today and it will make my day better. You know, mm-hmm. somebody commented. It, it, it's not just like, okay, that act is done and it's done doing it's good. Right. It kind of like has the ability to keep going. And if I were to like, I'm thinking of one specific note of a story someone told me when they sent me something, if I were to go to that person and be like, I read your note today and I cried because it made me have the, the warm and fuzzies and feel good about human, you know, humans on the planet, then by me telling them that they would then feel that same. And so this is something that happened two years ago or whatever, but then it's still having a positive impact just as much as like the negatives can have a negative impact, the positives can have a positive. And mm-hmm. yeah, it just, it's therapeutic in so many different levels on so many different levels, I guess. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> <gasps> I'm thinking of this one story because it just, it was like so touching, you know, it just was so touching. And, and for people to take the time to share those things with me and think of me when they experience those things, it just, it means the world. And on the crappiest day, when you feel like you matter as much for someone to take all the effort that they might've taken to show you mm-hmm. how much you matter. And it's a complete stranger and you've never met them, but you, you feel like family for them. It just, it makes it even more like impactful and meaningful. I guess that's, I don't know. I guess that's what keeps me like coming back to it. You mm-hmm. know, the kind component of it, because it's not just one act and it's done. It just keeps going. And you never know like what one little act can mean or do for someone or other people down the road that that person might then impact in a positive way, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I get all like, because I mean, to be honest in my fight, a a citizen helped out and he put his life in danger and he would think that he didn't do much, but honestly, he, in my book, he saved my life. He gave me the the time and space to react. um, Whereas before I didn't have, Um, so he was the distraction that I needed to get out of there. And to this day, he will never know the impact that he had on me. And I guess my life goal after coming to that realization of how much he meant to me and my family is to try to like repay that in some kind of a way. Mm -hmm. And there will never be enough (laughs) sneaky shop shenanigans or acts of kindness or buying coffee for the person in front of you in line. Like there will never be enough. I will never be done trying to repay that, like put that back out in the world. Mm-hmm. That will be something that I do until the day I die. And I hope that my son is just getting like a glimpse of like the impact you can have on somebody in a positive way. Cause at the end of the day, I mean, that's what it's all about for me. It's just keeping that going. You know, I'm sure, I'm sure he sees it, you know, 
they they see the best and the worst of us. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're no. not being kind. No. Exactly. <laughs> no. We've actually been reading a book on kindness the past couple of weeks, and he loves it. And he'll he's um you know it's it's little animals and then a turtle drops his cookie under his chair and the mouse gives him half of his because it's fun to share you know and yeah. he wants to read that book and I just like I will read that book to you <laughs> a thousand times a day little dude you know mm -hmm. I'll read it to you all day long if you get it you know so yeah yep exactly yeah well well, Miss Tiff, I think we, uh, <laughs> I think we hit the topic hard, which is good. Um, uh, and, but I feel like we're going to have to continue the conversation at another time. Like, I feel like this is not a uh, one and done type of conversation. <laughs> well, I'm always open to talking about the hard stuff. And like I said, if, if this doesn't reach the person it needs to, then maybe the next one will, you know? So you I have to hope. <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you very much uh, for talking with me about, you know, what, like you said, people feel like is a hard topic or something not to talk about. So I think, um, I think it will be good. I hope so. Yeah. It's been good. It's been good therapeutic for me. So <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if it feels better for you to get the hard stuff out, but yeah, um, it gives me hope that other people be inspired to share and, um, you know, we can all make a difference to other people just by being ourselves. Like that's the reason we are who we are is yeah. to be who we are. So yeah, exactly. I appreciate you so much thinking of me when you, you had this, this idea. So yeah, absolutely. Grateful. Makes me feel like I have a voice a little bit where I, I might not always feel like that in life. So I appreciate yeah. the opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. All right. What a great episode. I really enjoyed talking with Tiff about this very important topic that I feel like um, as a whole, as a community, we need to talk about more. Uh, in order for it to lose some of the stigma attached with it and for others to know that they're not alone if they too are dealing with anxiety or depression or really any issues that may be bothering them. I want them to know that uh, there are people within the community that support them and love them as they are. Um, so I really enjoy talking with Tiff about this and I expect more to come. Don't forget to check out the show notes where I'll include the link to the previous recording and I hope you all have a good weekend and I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe Leave an awesome review and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.